Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you have your jingle bells out and your holiday spirit because this is a special edition of Book Journeys Radio. Um, I know that most of the time around here we are focused on nonfiction, but I have a really special book I want to share with you guys today, and it is a Christmas book. Um, And so as you are planning your holiday traditions, if Christmas is one of them, um, I think you will really enjoy hearing about this book, uh, meeting my guest, and learning a little bit more about how he became an an author. So uh, without further ado, I'm very excited to welcome James Wilmot to the show. James, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Angela. How are you? I am fantastic. So tell everybody about The Boy Who Became Father Christmas. What is this book about? Okay, it's a fictional Christmas story. It's suitable for people of all ages, and it's all about how a young um, boy called Nicholas, um, who lived a really comfortable life in a town in ancient times, um, through some strange twists of fate, ends up moving on to a, um, a frozen mountain in the far north with his grandfather. Um, he overcomes lots of different adversaries and um, different kind of challenges in his life, and he grows up to become um, the famous character that everybody knows and loves at Christmas. So uh, Father Christmas to us and Santa Claus to you. Yeah, exactly. So you are in the U.K. where you guys, I know use that term Father Christmas, but the, this character of Nicholas in your book um, was obviously inspired by Father Christmas, but w- what made you want to write this story? How did, how did this go from an idea in your head to a book? Okay, well, I, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. Um, it's always something I've been really fascinated in. Um, and the legends that I've heard in my life about Santa Claus, Father Christmas... Um, you know, there's the kind of the shiny, um, quite modern Norman Rockwell, Coca-Cola version of Santa Claus, but then there's something much more ancient. Um, I grew up um, in, um, in very, very rural Ireland, and it was always strange to me how um, kind of the pagan symbols of the old world would walk kind of shoulder to shoulder with the Christian symbols of the new world, and, and certainly Father Christmas is like that. It's something that's really quite ancient, so I wanted to write a book about it. I wanted to kind of include a bit of my own life experience. You know, I had a bad Christmas once, and it changed my life. He had a bad Christmas, too, and it made him kind of the, the figure that we all recognize. I love it. So so had you written a book before? Did you think of yourself as a writer? Was this Did this come easy to you? I've always considered myself to be a terrible writer. Um, I went to university and I could, I would, I would struggle to produce assignments. But this story just kind of burned away in my head for a long time, and it would play out like a movie in my mind. Um, so I'd think of scenes um, in my mind like I was watching a movie about the story. Till eventually, I just sat down and put it all together in my head. 
um, until the whole story was there from start to finish in my mind. So I sat down one day and I just did it. I just put it all down. Um, got a little bit bored halfway through, so I started at the end and um, and went backwards um, and um, I met myself in the middle. So uh, so yeah, it, once once I started writing it, it was really really simple. And I know you have kids. In fact, one of them is on the cover of this book. And, again, the the book is The Boy Who Became Father Christmas. You can find it on Amazon. Um, So were your kids an inspiration? And when you were creating the book, was it something you you shared with them? Did you tell them the stories from the book? Oh, definitely. You know, I, I see the world through their eyes now as young children. Henry is seven um, Rowan's 10. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought of them while I was writing the book. I thought of myself at the same age when I was writing the book. Um, when we were um, on holiday, funnily enough, um, up in the Arctic Circle, we went to northern Finland in Lapland, the, the traditional home of Santa Claus. And uh, I did a bit of research there, and I saw them in the snow, and I saw how they kind of looked at the world um, through the kind of the frozen landscape, and it was it was perfect. It was that was the real kind of inspiration. We came home from that holiday, um, and that's when I started writing it. And we went there again last year, just before the book was published, just to remind ourselves. And um, yeah, it was it was perfect. They've been interested in the story, um, and um, Rowan was very very pleased to be on the cover. Um, and they've they've listened. They've, well, they've read it a couple of times now, and they've also listened to the audio book as well. Yeah, let's talk about the audiobook. So the book came out last year, but you just recently released an audiobook, or you're just about to. Tell us about that. Yeah, I wanted to make it a little bit different. The book did really well last year. It was in the, um, the, the top five domestic children's Christmas chart here in the UK. It was in the top ten in the States for most of December, and that was fantastic. Um, but um, I wanted to do something different this year. I wanted to reach out and maybe produce something that had a little bit more atmosphere than just the written word. I wanted to reach out maybe to um, appeal to people that might have a barrier to reading. So um, I work at a local college, and the media production students offered to um, use the sound recording studio and produce an audio version. So I got all my children, um, some friends, my dad. um, We all kind of piled into this recording studio and we and uh, we put together the audio book and um i published it on the um on the book's facebook page um so where do, so how do people get that i want that where is that <laughs> all you need to do is just um jump on facebook search the boy who became father christmas you'll find the facebook page there um and um the link to amazon is the first post and then the one just underneath is the link to the audio book and um, some other images and pictures I've put together um, just to make the story a little bit more atmospheric, uh, make it a little bit more cinematic, because I would love to see this be made into a movie one day. I love it. I love that you're creating that um, that visual and, and creating those future visions for your book. So we will actually post, um, when we post the, the blog post link and the show notes for this, we will include... Um, include this link to where you can get the audio. Um, so you can look for that on the authorincubator.com slash blog. But while we still have some time with you, I want to, um, I want to talk about the process of writing the book. Did uh-huh. you experience um, 
did you experience writer's block when you were writing? I know you said you got a little bored and you kind of wrote it in one session, but how, how did the writing process evolve for you? It was, it was definitely putting it together in my head. Um, I put it all together in my head, so I had a full story. Um, as I started writing it down, new ideas came into play, so I'd include those. Um, other things that worked quite well in my in my mind didn't work so well on paper, so I, I scratched those. Yeah, like I said, I got about halfway through. I got a little bit tired of hearing the sound of my own voice, so mm-hmm. I jumped to the end, to the to the end uh, end chapter, worked my way back, and met myself in the middle, put myself through three, four drafts, sent the drafts to some um, school teachers I know um, to correct grammar and spelling. <laughs> And um, and then the final draft went through, um, and um, yeah, the, the the book went straight out. And I didn't I didn't experience any block because I had I had the um, the story mapped out in my mind. And it's really weird because I like I said before, I never considered myself a good writer at all. But since the book was released last year, I've um, released an awful lot more um, articles on LinkedIn um, regarding my jo- my day job. Um, so I'm writing an awful lot more. It's given me the confidence to do more and diversify more. So certainly it's it started something in me that I didn't think I had, um, and it's working really well. So a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people get an idea for a book. Um, maybe they're inspired by something like Christmas to them, and they get an idea, but they don't finish it. Why do you think you were able to finish this project? Because it had been kicking around my head for so long, I knew I had to do it. I had to. Otherwise, it, I'd be one of those boring guys at parties that would always say, well, I've nearly written a book and I just need to finish it. I didn't want to be that guy. I, 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 I think I told everyone I knew that I had this story in my head, and I got tired of hearing myself say that as well. So, yeah, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be the guy who goes to the party that says, you know, actually I have finished a book, and it is published, and it's doing quite well. So I wanted to be that new guy, um, and I pushed myself through. It would have been easy. Yeah? How has that tell tell me what that tell me what that's been like? Like what has it been like to go to a party and say you're an author now? Like how does that feel to have accomplished that? It feels really good. I don't I don't kind of walk in, introduce myself as James Wilmot the author. <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be crazy crazy arrogant. But no, it's a nice it's a really nice feeling in my mind that I've got a skill and achievement that I never thought I always I always would have loved to have published a book, but having done it, it feels really great. Um, and now, you know, since the book was published last year with the audio book this year, I want to kind of build on it and try different things as well. You know, um, I want to next year I want to release the the book as an illustrated version as well. So I want to build on Ooh. it. I'm not, yeah, that's my plan next year. I, I don't know if I've got another book in me just yet. I don't want to read uh, write for the sake of it. Um, if I do get an mm-hmm. idea, I'll, I'll I'll get it down. But yeah, next year I think illustrated version definitely. I just want to keep building on the story. I love it. So is there anything that you wish you knew before you wrote this book, things that you've learned in the year or so that the book has been out? I wish I knew how easy it was once I sat down and started doing it. Um, I wish I knew, you know, 10 years ago, if I'd started writing stories and books, I'd have a, I would have done an awful lot more by now. So in in many ways, my only regret is I wish I'd started sooner um, and I could have done more. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I wish I knew how easy it was once you actually apply yourself and get moving on it. 
So I think a lot of people get stuck there, and there are lots of um, there are lots lots of obstacles. I hear people are afraid they're not a good enough writer. They say they don't have enough time. Obviously, you mentioned you have a day job, you have two kids. Like I'm sure you didn't have any more time than most people have. So what were the obstacles that came up for you from when you got the idea for the book until it was finished? What were some of the obstacles you had to overcome and how did you overcome them? Confidence for one, because I just thought, you know, who am I to think I can try and write a book? I didn't think I was good enough. Um, So confidence was definitely there. Um, The time, you know, no no one has enough time for anything. Um, But I made the time I... At the, when I was writing the book down um, and when I was finally formulating it in my head, I was, I, it was a job I was doing that I really didn't like. It was really stressful and time-consuming, so it was a really nice catharsis, even though most of it was written in the summertime, um, to come home from work, to sit down, put the boys to bed, and then I'd give myself an hour or two, and then I'd just start typing. I'd be maybe take a break in the middle of the day and just start typing, and then it just kind of worked out. You've got to just find the time. It's like exercise. There's never enough time to do it, but once you start doing it, you find more time. Um, So it's about just, you know, the bits in between. So sit down, keep a pad nearby, and just keep going at it, and eventually it'll all kind of connect the dots, and the story or the the, um, non-fiction piece you're doing, it just does come together. It will come together. Hmm. So... um so how, with the audio book, um, how true were you to the book itself? Did you just read the book, or was there some, like, um, screenplay or radio play aspect to it? Because I know you mentioned multiple people were involved. Yeah, we thought about doing it like a play, but there's not a lot of dialogue in the book. Um, we thought about adding lots more sound effects, but that would have sounded really cheesy, you know, footsteps in snow, a key turns in a lock. It would have sounded like the worst kind of murder mystery play from, from a long time ago. So mo- most of the book is, re- is, is uh, the audio book is read by me as the narrator, word for word. But um, in the background, there are kind of environmental sound effects like, you know, so the sound of wind over mountains, the sound of spring, um, there's a really good soundtrack at the beginning, at the end. Um, my son Henry had some jingle bells that he uh, he played at key parts through the story. But the the spoken word, the dialogue in the story, um, was um, cast by friends and family. So my oldest son Rowan, who's on the cover, um, he played young Nicholas, and my dad, um, who's a grumpy old man, um, he played Nicholas's um, grumpy old grandfather. So it, it works together really well. Some of Rowan's friends from school helped out. So it worked out fantastically. And what are some of the things that have happened um, as an author for you? Have you, um, some of the things you might be, like, most proud of, have you been interviewed on radio shows? Have you spoken about this, done readings? Do you get emails from people about your book? Tell us about some of those experiences as an author. The principal of the college I work at um, uh, gave me a big congratulations last Christmas um, because a lot of the people at the college um, bought the first uh, copies when it was available online and really kind of gave it a boost. That was really flattering. He's a, you know, he's a busy, important man, so he gave us some good praise. That was, that was excellent. It was just nice people that I haven't um, 
uh, met before, um, dropped me messages. I even got a message from the Father Christmas, who's up in Lapland, because I gave him a copy of my book last year. Um, he dropped me a message on Facebook to say, well done. It doesn't get better than that. Um, wow, and also, I didn't um, know, I know that one. I t- That's great. I tell you what, that's like, that's like, me, that's like meeting the big man. Um, and, um, and a couple of days ago, there's a, a great an, uh, animated film director called Tom Moore. He's an Irish guy. He's directed um, Song of the Sea and The Secret of Kells. Um, I sent uh, the, uh, the link to him, and he gave me a big thumbs up. So, yeah, there's, I, I, don't, I, don't look for the, I don't look for the reassurance and the, and the positive feedback, but it's great when you get it. Yeah, and um, I know you guys ran uh, ran a campaign last year around Christmas um, and had the book at number one for quite some time in the UK. Um, what what was that What was that like as a personal accomplishment? Um, I guess not just being at number one, but having your whole family really involved in that campaign. It was great. It was really good. I mean, there was a point for a few days last December, I outsold Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol and Tolkien's Letters from Father Christmas. And I thought, you know what, there would never be a point in my life where I would outsell more copies of my little e-book than Tolkien and Dickens. Um, but for a moment there, it was there. And I, it, was, it was fantastic. It was an amazing feeling to check the chart and see it at number one on Christmas Eve. Um, it was fantastic. The boys put themselves out on Facebook and post a couple of um, posts to uh, to get clicks and likes and downloads, and that worked really well. I worked. Uh, that was a bit of a human shield. It was a bit of a cheap shot. Appreciate that. But yeah, dressed them up as elves and put them on Facebook. Um, but it's right now. It's not doing. It's not so high as as, as I'd like. Um, it's just finished its free download trial. It's gone back to paid status. I think it's in the in about 70, number 75 in the U.K. charts, about 200 in the U.S., so I want to get it back up in the top 10. I love it. So and do you have a website for the book as well? Yeah, it's still a work in progress, I'd say. Anybody that wants more information, if they want to see the audio, uh, listen to the audio book, see the visual elements of the story as well, I think definitely go for the Facebook page. So just, um, just search under The Boy Who Became Father Christmas or search for me, James Wilmot, and you'll find it. Awesome. And so Facebook.com slash the boy who became Father Christmas, all one word. And the book is also on Amazon if you want to help and make that a part of your Christmas tradition. How do you think having a seasonal book um, has affected you as an author? Obviously, this would be a challenging book to promote the hell out of in July. Um, so what are the pros and cons of a book that really kind of December is the time for book sales for you? Um, I guess the pros are that for, you know, 11 months of the year, it's about as appealing as a stale Christmas pudding. Um, but that's fine. It gives me 11 months to think about what we're going to do and how we're going to build on it. So, you know, we have the time to do the audio book next year. We'll have the time to do the illustrations. Certainly the pros are um, having the time between seasons to work on it and develop it. And it gives, you know, as much as I love Christmas as well, just for the, just for the time of year, it gives me a nice kind of focus to, to do something and be part of Christmas with other people too. Um, but in terms of maybe the cons, 
Yeah, I mean, it's only really appealing for one month in the year. And the Facebook page, I've always promised myself I will leave it alone. I won't do anything out of season because that would just make me the anti-Santa. Um, so I just leave it alone for the other 11 months of the year. I love it. That's the anti-Santa. Very cool. Well, what advice, I'm wondering, have people asked you since your book came out or said, I really want to write a book? Um, I know that a lot of authors get that question. And, and what advice do you give to um, to people who want to write a book but haven't been able to finish their project or maybe even start it? Just do it. Think about it. Plan it. Take time in between day job and night job and family and friends and just put things down on paper just start the process and then it becomes quickly addictive um, ask for feedback from friends and family as well tell them your idea so they'll be cheering you on as well don't make it a solo project get them to you know help you forward as well um, find like-minded people um, maybe um, you know go on a retreat um, to um, spend time with other people that want to write a book um, and um, and focus on that task with you know people on the same mission as you. I think that would be a really good way of doing it. Um, but just picture yourself with the finished product. Um, picture yourself with something online or in your hand that people will really enjoy. Um, and that's the important thing. Remember that. And what did you do? Um, did you ever get advice from people during the creation process maybe that wasn't positive? Like what do you do when you get feedback that isn't 100% supportive? I think you should always listen to feedback, be it positive or negative, take it on board, then you choose to ignore it. Um, so, um, so, yeah, a few people wondered why I was doing a Christmas book. A few people said, why don't you do something that's appealing all year round? And I thought, you know what, now this is my story. I'm going to write this down. This is what I want to do. And, and it worked really well. So, you know, um, I, I'd say definitely listen to people, take their feedback on board, and then, you know, choose to ignore it if it doesn't suit your needs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned before you have had thoughts, um, at least at some point, um, that maybe you weren't good enough, not a good enough writer, whatever the stories we all have. How, how did you get past that? What were some of the things that were, you know, we've talked about Nicholas's hero's journey to becoming Father Christmas, but what was your journey to becoming the, the father of this book? Um. I, just just a lot of hard work, um, just a lot of hard work, a little bit of imagination. Um, again, support from my friends and family. You know, they were encouraging me to do it. Um, you know, I think certainly anyone that is struggling to, to get something down onto paper could maybe look into, you know, getting a, uh, if it's a real challenge, get a coach on board to help them along a little bit more. Um, but, um, but, yeah, um, I just um, I just kept pushing, kept pushing. I think you've got to have quite a quite a lot of resolve to get it done in the end, but it, it's definitely worth it. I love it. Well, I haven't listened to the audio version, but I am very excited to go do that. Um, we did last year do a reading um, at, on Christmas Eve, and so now we'll just have you read it for us, recorded. Um, but that is a part of our Christmas tradition, and I would encourage others to check this out. It's a great read with your family. It is uh, a really fun additional tradition to add to your holidays. And I think, you know, the, the real takeaway for me um, from this is if there is something 
special and seasonal for you, like Christmas is for James, that making yourself a part of that season, um, I think is just such a great legacy. Um, I am 100% sure this book will get passed down to your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and the story will will long live past you, especially because it's tied to another tradition. And so there are so many reasons to be an author, but I just think this is a really special one in terms of family and legacy, and it is a great story that I think will be part of other people's Christmases as well and already is, certainly at our house. So James Wilmot, um, the author of The Boy Who Became Father Christmas, you can get that book on Amazon. Uh, Check out the Facebook page. James, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you, Angela. Happy Christmas, everybody. (laughs) And, um, yes, this is the Christmas season. I can't believe it's already here. Um, We will be back uh, next week on Book Journeys Radio, and then we are going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays. I don't have another Christmas book for you next week. So you got to go out and get a copy of this book. It's my only Christmas book um, that we have to share with you. As always, um, what I like to leave everyone with on this show is just a reminder that our commitment at Book Journeys Radio and as a part of the Author Incubator is to changing the world one book at a time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.